Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin. Today's guest is a cosmetic rejuvenation artist who has been New York's secret skincare weapon for well over a decade. She's collaborated with some of the most elite faces of the fashion, finance, society, and art communities. Her skincare philosophy takes a non-invasive, holistic approach to aesthetic rejuvenation and conscious aging using a combination of Eastern and Western medicine practices. She's a mama to one, soon to be two, if we don't hurry, could be right now. Nusha Salimi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I know nothing about skincare, except for one thing, which is what I told you the other day. When I work on you, on your body, it's boring to me, because when people have bumpy skin, it's really um, exfoliating for my hands, and your skin <laughs> is so soft. And I, I, told, I told Richard that, and he's like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I get no value out of it whatsoever. Um, t- t- where did you start? How did skin become so, your thing? Actually, I was in the kind of beauty world ever since I was a little girl because my parents had beauty schools growing up. Beauty schools? Yeah. Where, what does that even mean? I mean I've so, heard the song with, about the dropout. It was basically that. But uh, they had a beauty school in upstate New York for cosmetology, makeup artistry. Oh, really? And, yeah. How'd they get into it? Well, that's a whole other story. Okay. A whole new world? Okay. A whole other story. But they... Uh, Came over from, my dad was from Iran, my mom from Scotland. They met, and they both were kind of artists, and they came over, and they started playing with hair, and the next thing they knew, they got a hair school. Wow. Yeah, so when I was about- As soon as I think of Iran- Iranian men, the first thing that pops into my head is beauty school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now. He, uh, yeah, it was either doctor, beauty school, or <laughs> mm. architect. Mm. Um, so- yeah, they did that. And so when I was around the age of five, I was always kind of around that world. So um, I understood it. And then later on in life, I knew I always wanted to work in nursing because I had volunteered at the New York State Mental Institution when I was around the age of 15. And then I started a nursing program through my school that I was going to and became a nurse around the age of 18, a licensed nurse. Wow. That's mm-hmm. really young. You must have been... The baby of the class. I was definitely a baby of the class. And looking back, I was like, how the heck did I do? Some how of did the, you do it? It was bizarre. Like some of the things I experienced were just bizarre. But it was in, so I was working in the mental institution and I saw things and it really taught me a different form of communication because a lot of the patients that I had were non-communicative. Mm-hmm. So basically when uh, not knowing, I was doing energy work when people were having episodes, if they were having breakdowns or weren't able to communicate their feelings. I would just be sitting with them. And that's how, fast forward 12 or 13 years later, the Reiki work, I feel like, really was able to integrate into my practice. Okay, what is Reiki? Reiki is a form of energetic healing that can calm the nervous system down and remove stagnant energy in the body. Looking back when I was younger, I was using energy work to help calm whoever I was with who was having, you know, whether it was friends or working in the nursing world or even for myself, when I would kind of tone in onto that energy, I would see the difference in calming the nervous system down. Mm-hmm. So you became a Reiki master. So I became a Reiki master. What's the training like for that? So I ended up working with a really amazing practitioner. Her name's Ambie, and she also is a sound healer. And basically with her, I did a one-on-one training where Ooh, that's nice. we were – in her house doing it together and I was with her for I don't know 10 hours for the first time and then the second day we did another like eight hours 
And it's a whole kind of course that you're learning different methods on how to use the symbols and use the Reiki on a daily basis. So she's a really great teacher. She was able to kind of break things down in a way to quickly kind of absorb the information. And then I waited for about a year before I did it again, become a Reiki master. And it's another three-day course. But Mm. anyone can do it because everyone has those healing powers within them. It's just figuring out how to harness them and how to bring them forth. You're so mellow. I've never seen you, like, worked up. Me? Do you get worked up? Um, when my daughter Rumi doesn't stop going in my ear all the time. <laughs> you can get worked up? I generally don't really get worked up unless, like, I'm, I'm kind of, because I'm a Virgo, a double Virgo, I think I am a little bit of a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. But I think that through meditation and a lot of the work that I've done for myself and... Um, That's how you stay mellow? Yeah. I think it helps. You can just take something. <laughs> All right. So skincare. So you went from growing up in skincare to studying nursing. Yeah. You were like the Doogie Hauser of nurses <clears throat> at yeah. 18. It was crazy. So then, And then you're working in. So I did a lot of counseling with different patients and learned different methods of talk therapy. And then eventually when I moved to New York City, I wanted to actually work in mental health and continue that. But. When I moved there, I was still super young, and it was during the recession, and all the nurses who were going to be retiring actually didn't retire that oh. So I was like, oh, no, there was no jobs actually in the city. So I ended up working out of a place that wasn't in a very safe area outside of the city. And then I had a boyfriend at the time who was like, this is not okay. You need to start working in the city where it's a safer area. And he knew a plastic surgeon who was looking for a job. And I literally at the time didn't know what Botox was. I didn't even know what plastic surgery was. And um, I went into his office and I interviewed with him. And he was asking me questions like, oh, I'd worked in the OR. because I'd done some rotations. I'd seen total hip surgeries. I'd seen open heart surgeries. And um, I'd been to a birth. And I remember at that time I was actually in nursing school and I was only 17. And it was the first time I'd experienced tears of joy. Uh-huh. I remember being in this room, and this young girl was giving birth, and all of a sudden she goes, she goes, why is that nurse crying? And I'm looking around, I'm like, who's crying? <laughs> and I go to rub my face. I'm like, oh, oh. I was like, I was like, I was like, no, these are happy tears because I had never seen something. I was like, oh my god, life just came, and it was like so profound to I me. I still get them when I'm out of birth. I mean, I almost can only every imagine. time people are like, hey, Doctor B, come take a picture. I'm like, thank God I don't <laughs> wear mascara. It's crazy. I mean, it's such a beautiful thing to witness. Um, I also remember I took a doula who was training. I was training her, and I took her to the first birth she was ever at. You know, it was intense. It's always intense. And when that baby, it was at a birthing center, and she was in a tub laboring, laboring, laboring. When that baby finally came out, the doula in training that I brought just let out the biggest. She just couldn't hold it back. Tears were streaming down, and she, you know, it was what all all happy. I don't know. It's joy. It's triumph. I don't know. But anyway, I can relate, I guess is what I'm saying. Move on. Yeah, so so going back to that, so basically I, I had an experience what it was to be in plastic surgery. So then he was like, well, um, for whatever reason, he saw something in me, and he was like, come work him in the OR. The next thing you know, I'm assisting in the OR, doing stitches, doing learning different things about how to administer Botox, how to do fillers. And then where I found um, almost like a balance for me was when I could find the art in doing Botox and fillers in a way that could make people age naturally. 
because what I saw in the city that was really, it just didn't sit well with me is that so many people started to look bizarre to me. Mm, I've seen and, that. And it's just like, and there was this fine line where people suddenly started to just go over that line and there wasn't a way to kind of come back from it. So where I enjoyed bringing the mental health aspect into it is being able to counsel some people who would keep on coming back and be like, I need more, I need more, I need more. And I realized it wasn't actually a, a outer appearance thing. It was something that was going on from within. Oh, wow. So when I first started realizing that I could kind of work with people on that level to kind of help them not feel the need to keep going back for more and more and more, that's when I started to kind of integrate into my own practice in New York. And then it was like I did one or two people and they looked amazing and natural and not overdone. And then the New York business started to really grow. And then... Here we are, 11 years later. Yeah. So you did more training? Well, oh, yeah, I did more training because I, and then, so after 18, I continued on and I um, did more nursing training than I did specifically in the OR. I did a lot of training and I've done trainings with the Allergan companies where they, where they make Botox and Juvederm and Volume and all the fillers. Mm-hmm. And... Your practice then, because I'm, I'm, I don't know that much about skincare, but what you're saying is you use both, right? So it sounds like you're using the products for more of the external mm-hmm. changes and yeah. um, and your other whole tool belt of tools, energy work and almost like counseling mm-hmm. um, for the internal changes. Yeah, because I think that when you're able to find that balance is when someone can truly age gracefully and not go over that line of all of a sudden people are like, what happened to, you know, Susie or, you know, Hank? That must be like an incredibly unique approach to skincare. I mean, I'm hoping, this is my hope is that people are starting, practitioners are starting to become more aware of that. And they're not just overfilling people and letting them keeping coming back for more and more because of the money aspect of it. I overfill myself. (laughs) You you look perfect. Oh, thank you. That means a lot coming from you. <laughs> At what age do do people is like a good time to start working on anti aging? Well, whenever someone starts to become aware of it, I think it's uh, you could always talk about it. You know, even if you're talking to your younger children about just simply washing their face morning and night, just for cleanliness. But generally speaking, I mean, I see people from the ages of eighteen all the way up to. I think yeah. I have one patient who's in their hundreds, 102 maybe. Working on rejuvenation? Yes. Trying to look like not a day over 97? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and is, so you, that's when you start using fillers even um, sometimes not, as a no, teenager? No, no, no. So I do, that's when sometimes I'll do some of the more the Reiki facial side of things. and um, Without products? Yeah, without products. So I use medical grade peels. But the way I kind of gauge it is that I'll look at the person's skin and see what their skin needs are. So I won't ever make someone have like a deep peel where their skin is slothing off. But I'll do it enough where their skin gets a little dry so they can have a deeper exfoliation to help shrink the pores, help with fine lines, and um, clear up acne or old acne scars. So that's something you can do without using the uh, products like Botox fillers and any of that type of thing. So using more natural products? Yeah, for the beginning part of the facial, I'll generally use just like a very natural cleanser, exfoliant, 
I'll do something called dermaplaning, which exfoliates the skin. And this is something that pregnant women can do because one of the big things when you're pregnant, you have to avoid doing all, you can't do Botox, you can't do fillers, you can't do lasers, and you can't do deep uh, peels. Really? Even just localized? They're all contraindicated? Yeah. I mean, there's just not enough studies to mm-hmm. show what could possibly happen. Like, I would never want to have have a mother do that and then, you know, God forbid something happened. You right. would never, you'd always question. Better be safe. Yeah. Um, but also a big reason why is because when our hormones are all kind of fluctuating all over the place. We have a higher chance in our uh, hyperpigmenting, which is when some of the women get the facial masks of the brown oh, spots. The yeah. So that's like a huge thing in pregnancy that women sometimes don't realize uh, can happen because you're exposed to the sun more, your melanin's up, and uh, you get more hyperpigmentation. So my biggest thing I always tell those clients is like, make sure you're wearing SPF that's at least 40 or above with zinc in are order you, to prevent that. Are you contracting? Yeah. Okay, me too. I just thought I would check. Can you see when I'm contracting? N- uh, not in your belly, but I just see, I, I, I can see your facial reactions to it and so, your movements. So yesterday too, I was in, I actually was at the doctor's and I was having contractions like pretty frequently. Uh, how many weeks are you? Well, um, I was supposed to be, I think, 31, but he told us yesterday that the date was actually off, and I'm actually coming out two weeks earlier. 33? I think I'm 33 now, yeah. Oh, wow. Look at that. There, you'll never get those two weeks back. I know. Hmm. Um, talk more about pregnancy and skincare. So those things are that you can't do. So, yeah. So the things you can't do are lasers, Botox, fillers. All my favorite things. Yep. You can't, you know, and you want to be really mindful about avoiding the sun as much as possible because that's what's going to bring out that pregnancy mask that everyone ends up complaining about. And generally, it takes about a year to really balance it out. After pregnancy to go away? Yeah. And if you're breastfeeding, even longer because your hormones are still fluctuating after pregnancy. So I won't even do laser treatments or deep peels on people who are... Post-endly? I'm sorry? Oh, while they're breastfeeding? Post-endly? While they're breastfeeding, yeah. So what things can you do? So the Reiki facial side of things, I like to do that. And you could also do microneedling, uh, which is able to help shrink the pores. And it's basically this little device that makes little stamps on the face. And okay. it helps shrink the pores, helps with fine lines. And it just gives you a little boost of circulation What to does the it face. feel like when you're doing it? Um, everyone has a different kind of reaction. But it's not the most pleasant feeling, but it's not terrible. It's like from a 1 to 10, it's about like a 2. It's annoying more than mm. anything. Oh. But the Reiki facial side of it, when you're doing dermaplaning to exfoliate the skin, open up the pores, getting lymphatic drainage, which is super helpful while you're pregnant because you're holding in all that oh, fluid. fluid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're doing that on the skin. Immediately, it makes you look more refreshed and rejuvenated. And I think that's the one thing that all the moms are always kind of looking for is that little tiny piece of like a moment of feeling rejuvenated. So that's all built into a ses- like one session that yeah, you do. Yeah, that's usually like 45 minutes to an hour. Hmm. And then I'll use a uh, more of a natural mask, depending on what the person's skincare needs are. If they're more dehydrated, I'll put something together that's hydrating for them, or if they're dry, or if they're uh, over oily. Which Will you like, make the mask yeah. for customized person to person? Yeah. So I'll just wow. put different ingredients together, or I'll use masks that I know are more natural that I'm comfortable using during pregnancy. 
And um, when that mask is sitting on them, that's when I'll do some, I'll guide them into a uh, meditation. So I'll usually do a visual guided meditation. So they'll get super relaxed and they'll really feel inside their body. And then that's when I'll start kind of bringing in the Reiki Mm -hmm. side of it. So by the end of the session, they're feeling super relaxed and at ease. All the muscles in the face are super relaxed. Sounds amazing. Yeah. And so when they come out of it, they're just looking vibrant and they're feeling clear and life is good. Do um, dads do it? They can do it. I don't. <laughs> do you not do it with dads, or do dads? I, not? I don't usually. I don't usually treat too many men for Reiki side of things. I think for me, I, I enjoy working with women. Mm-hmm. But I mean, or just in general, do do, do men, men, do, men do a lot of skincare in general? And then well, they see. do actually. It's becoming much more common. So many of my patients will always bring their husbands in to do a little Botox and fillers. Oh yeah. But um, the energy work of things, I don't do the Reiki facial so much for for male patients, but I'll send them to people that I trust and think are um, would be helpful to them. So are there other people that do East-West like you do? Um, there, I think it's becoming more known. I don't know too many people right now, but within my company, I'm training other nurses and nurse practitioners to follow the same With philosophy. With your techniques that you've developed. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. And they're in New York, or do you, you're by in coastal? New York? Yeah, you're they're back in New forth. York. Um, yeah, and then eventually, in time, we'll start to once after the second baby comes, we'll bring on some more people to train. It sounds like uh, it's not too far off in the distance. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, nutrition and food and diet? How does that affect your skin? So one thing I love to tell pregnant women, or even just my patients in general who are post babies, or just in general for anti-aging, and I've seen a huge difference even in my own skin when I drink bone broth, mm. mix a little ghee, a little bit of lemon, and a little bit of ginger, immediately like your cells feel, nur- feel nourished. And then your skin, because of the, collagen there's in collagen there? in it. Yeah, and you immediately, like I see a difference in my th- like entire being after having like a good solid uh, cup of bone broth. Do you make your own? No, I go to Erewhon and I spend <laughs> way too much money on a cup of bone broth. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like days making it, though. It is. It's like a whole process. Yeah. But that's why you can get a crock pot, which I just need to master the crock pot. Yeah. Thing. I have a crock pot sitting in my closet and I buy bone broth. <laughs> but the bone broth is definitely helpful with anti-aging. And then um, I think the big thing is just finding a skincare line that works really good for you. Do you have favorites? Um, I definitely have some that I recommend to people. Like I think Sunblocks, there's really good brand called Elta MD. It has zinc in it. You can have there's tinted moisturizer in it, so it's kind of easy and you don't have to wear a lot of makeup over it. Because I like to be very simple with my routine. Do you have products? I don't. I mean, I have definitely have products that I like that I haven't made any yet, but there's products that I recommend people to get. Okay. We don't have to talk about them. I just wanted to know if you have products. All right. Let's go into our break, and then we're going to talk about your babies. Okay. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Nusha Salini. <laughs> hey, everyone. It's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart. Literally. Omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new Omega-3 soft gels. 
Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. Our guest today is Nusha Salimi. Let's talk about your babies. You make babies. You're making another one. Yes. Um, How old is your first? She is going to be three in May. And um, how was your pregnancy with her? So she was a little bit complicated. From 20 weeks, uh, she was breech. And at the time, I was living in New York, and I went to this really well-respected doctor who immediately was like, well, uh, we're going to schedule your C-section. And I had zero autonomy on what that decision was even going to look like. And basically, I had the choice of staying in New York throughout the pregnancy, or my husband was like, "Uh, we have to come out to L.A. for my work anyway. And Oh, you didn't have a place here? No. At the time, we didn't. And so basically, because I had my business that was really busy in New York, we kind of wrapped things up, and when I was seven months pregnant, I came over here. And that's, oh, wow. Yeah, that's I did I, not realize that you had just arrived off the— Yeah, and I had talked to—and to be honest with you, Carmen was the reason why. I was like, I want to go to L.A. and have my birth. Wow. So Carmen, who's my doula, yeah. uh, she's actually doing my postpartum doula. This time. This time. She's doing closing of the bones. Oh. Which I'm I'm excited to experience. Yeah, um, but I don't even know what that means. Is, uh, oh, like so basically, binding? it's like I think it's a form of binding oh, and wow. just taking care of the mom post. But it sounds so much more when you say closing of the bones. I know. <laughs> I think it's like also just if you like say going it with into- a British accent. I will totally. <laughs> I'll try it myself. <laughs> so anyway, I talked to Carmen, and she was like, she just was so soothing, and I just felt that that was where I needed to go. I needed to come here and have this baby. So that doctor told you, oh, your breach, you're gonna have a C-section at 20 weeks. Yes. But there's like 50% of babies are breached at 20 weeks. And also, what kind of birth were you planning to have? Well, I at the time, I didn't know of all the options. I knew I wanted to do something more natural. That was always my vision. But it was just like immediately, she's like, oh, this your baby's breech, and that's what you're going to do. Do you have a C-section? I was like, well, what if I'm breech, you know, at the end? She's like, we'll just plan the C-section. And it wasn't really talked about any other option. So you just thought in your mind, more natural, but so so vaginal is more natural. Yeah, than I wanted a vaginal birth. Like, that's what my vision was. When but I at got a hospital? Me. Well, in New York, I remember thinking about the idea of doing, like, a home birth, but there wasn't anyone that I had known enough about or connected to to do that. So it was going to be in a hospital. Were your friends having babies, or were you the baby leader? I was kind of the baby leader. That doesn't surprise me. You're a yeah. I was. I remember. I remember I was like, oh. But most of the people I knew in New York that had babies, nobody was doing home births. It just it's not a New York thing, really. Mm-hmm. So you're on playing the a vaginal, low intervention, hospital birth. Yeah. Until 20 weeks when you found out you were breech. Yeah, yeah, that was my plan. And then so basically I stayed. It's still breech. shocking to my mind that at 20 weeks anybody would care that you're breech. 
Well, I think that she just, that's what she was just telling me about initially. She's like, that's how it's going to, like, if you stay breached, that's what's Oh, she was just saying, okay, not that we have to schedule it now, but if it doesn't turn, then just so you know. Yeah, but she did schedule C-sections quite early because she was a very busy doctor. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So basically, um, then I was still breach when I left New York. So I was a seven months pregnant at that point. Still okay. breach. Came out here, met with Alex, who was my midwife. midwife. Yeah. And she was so supportive and really helped me come to the conclusion that I wanted to do a breach home delivery, but hopefully turn the baby. And that's when I started meeting you because I was having... Okay, your kid to flip. Yeah, we were trying. Did you... Because Alex is a midwife that does home birth or birthing center birth, um, either one. Because you had planned a hospital birth. Yeah, so. but then when I was we were moving out to California, I was like, I want to do a home birth. Oh, really? Because yeah. it's California. I think just because I knew... Yeah. So L.A. Yeah, it was very L.A. Because <laughs> um, I, I wanted to do that in New York, but it just was like I wasn't going to do it in my one-bedroom uh, apartment and just didn't see, didn't make sense really for yeah. me there. When um, I moved, because I'm from New York, and when I moved to L.A., I became vegan. <laughs> I did for like an hour, but I it works. Hold, I That's something that up. L.A. does to you. Yeah. Vegan and, you know, all those things. But anyway... Uh, I was actually laughing. I don't know if we should uh, edit that or not, but we were talking about this the other day when anytime someone knows that you're like a healer, they're like, oh, so are you doing ayahuasca? <laughs> That's Have, right. Are you vegan? Have you done this? I'm like, meh. Yeah. But anyway, edit that out. No, we could. Uh, <laughs> I'm all, well, it's funny because my wife wanted to have an unmedicated childbirth with our first baby. Yeah. It, it came to me as like a total shock. We're medical people. We're, I, you were a nurse at 18. I was working in ambulances. I became a uh, medic, and I was working in ambulances and emergency rooms. And, she, you know, we just grew up very medical. So midway through the pregnancy, she's like, yeah, I'm going to try to do it with no drugs. I'm like, why? I'm like, we don't, we don't even drive a Prius. We're not vegan. Like, do you shave your armpits? What's the deal? Yeah. And um, I had no idea. That I part no I still don't understand, and I'm so curious. I remember I can't Shaving remember the name of the book. I'll explain to you. What the reason, the calling to wanting to do it without any medication? Oh, I know why she wanted to do it with no medication. Oh, she is does not like needles. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> that I, was the drive for me. It was more like I just wanted I wanted to fully experience what it was to be in that birthing state. And I if hear I could people do it. say that, yeah, I, I hear people say exactly that. The most, I think, most of the people who want to do unmedicated birth feel it and say something like that. Yeah, and I think also because when I got pregnant, I had just been on like a two-year very like kind of serious yoga and a journey, and I hadn't, I was wasn't even drinking caffeine. Like I had only had a tea for wow. a few years. It was very like Herbal. I felt very clean. Herbal yes. tea. And so uh, I think that was my idea with that. But anyway, so. Oh, yeah, so then you had the option to do, your baby didn't turn. She didn't turn. You did everything. I tried everything. I mean, I did. So Dr. Fishbein came. He did an aversion at home, mm-hmm. which we were monitoring the baby. So she was yeah. safe. I mean, like, I couldn't tell any, anyone who I knew in the medical world who are, you know, doctors. They were it was just something you can't talk about, like home birth. Like, because you, you're breach literally birth. judged. Birth. Yeah. And, that, like, and it also because I am a nurse. You know, you have more of that judgment on you. Like, why would you do that when you know the risks? But I felt like I'm pretty aware. I feel like so, I, I heard your Persian accent for one second when you said nurse. Is that possible? You might. Sometimes I nurse. sometimes I have a Scottish accent slash British <laughs> slash Iranian. Okay. Um, it all comes in. And then I don't know where I'm from. 
and then slash LA. Welcome to, welcome to America. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, so basically, uh, when I he, she wouldn't turn, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this. And the funniest part about it, so we're at home, I'm in labor for two days, pushing for four hours. She gets a 10 centimeters with a breech baby at home. Yeah, her bum came out. Wow. Half of her bum came out after pushing for four hours. And then I, I literally, I remember Dr. Fishpoint at one point was like, stop pushing, because I think he had to turn her or something. And then I kind of clenched and I was like, eh. and then I was like, I want to go to the hospital now. But at that point, this is, I looked like an Amazonian woman. I hadn't showered in two days. My hair had somehow become one chunk of hair. <laughs> and then- Like on the doll, just yes, one piece. Yes, it was just on. one piece. And then I remember telling, looking at Richard who, Every time I was pushing, because he was holding one leg, he was pushing too. So he was complaining <laughs> that his hips hurt. He probably got hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> so he, we drive. So the doctor was trying to push my daughter back in. Because you wanted to go to the hospital. Because I was like, I want to go to the hospital. I'm done. Poor Alex and Carmen. And then and, and they had everyone there. They, everyone was exhausted because we'd all been up for two days now, basically. And they were expecting you to be and they were 10 minutes me, away. Yeah. And so... I kind of was just, I just felt in my body. I knew that the, my baby was okay. I knew I was okay, but physically I knew that I needed to, I, my body couldn't handle it anymore. Okay. So we went to UCI Santa Monica. I walked into the ER and I was like, I looked insane. And I was like, where is the effing anesthesiologist? <laughs> and then they brought me right in. But like the, the problem for me where I found it the hardest was that all the judgment I felt while I'm literally in labor mm. like people were like why would you have done this why would you? I was like, this is because what i wanted you were to do breach or because i was breached yeah so oh, you know that's a big thing that maybe i just glanced over going to the hospital meant that you could no longer deliver vaginally yeah no i had I, it wasn't like um a head down baby that you're working at home and you get exhausted or the baby's not dropping. And so some of the interventions may be helpful to continue the vaginal birth. You made a choice. Baby was coming out of you already. Yeah. You made a choice not just to go to the hospital and get some pain relief. You're like, we're going to have a cesarean now. Yeah. Wow. And um, so like, I knew that going in. So, I mean, I was stopping in the hallway every minute because I was still having the contractions and just holding her in, basically. Just like in our podcast. Yeah. 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 It was exactly. We're recreating it. Yeah, I know. I like to relive things. I like it, yeah. Uh, so anyway, they brought me right in. I had the C-section. But the beautiful thing about it was I had all this fear that I wasn't going to be present. And that was why I was so resistant against having the C-section. But one thing that Alex was really helpful to tell my husband was, you just need to help keep her present. And it's not going to be taking her away from this moment as much as she feared. So he did so a little So he was cute. the only one from your team that came in with you? Yeah, he was in the room to with the me. OR. Mm-hmm. And he videoed it, and of course he scored it and made it this whole like. Yes, funny I still thing. haven't seen it. Oh, I'll send it to you. And he, he it reminded me that he's a filmmaker. He, yeah, it reminded me that uh, no matter what, that she came out and she was happy, healthy, and it was it was a beautiful thing. Still, it was still that moment where you cried tears of joy, and I had these fear that oh, that's if you. We're going to have a C-section. You're just not going to be present for your baby. No, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. We have an episode of our podcast called The Gentle Cesarean. Yeah. Where we talk very much about the sacred, beautiful moment that the baby comes through your body into the world. And it doesn't... With Dr. Gosland. Yeah. Uh, that's a okay. different episode of The Gentle Cesarean. That's mm. a video one. Mm. But uh, this one is with Dr. Shavira. And um, 
It just, you know, I think people listen to it and and then, you know, if you choose or want or need to have a cesarean for some reason, then it's really important to know what you just said. It can, it's still a birth moment. Yeah. Especially if it's not an emergency, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, so um, flash forward a little bit. You are pregnant again. So I'm pregnant again, and I don't have all the attachments around having to have it be exactly as my plan is. And I think because I was able to experience what it was to go into labor, I was able to experience what it was to push and you know have some of that home birth experience. Um, I am going to go for a VBAC. Are you open about what you're having? A boy. Oh, it's a boy. It's a boy. So it's already different. It's very different. And you. Feel and this one's uh, head down. This one's head down. He was originally breech. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, there must be something in my pelvis. And yeah. then I did a bunch of yoga and did different inversions. And I remember my husband and I were sitting in bed, and we saw him turning. And, and he was like, this is how they came up with the movie Alien. <laughs> yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Um, and then uh, so he flipped. So I'm super happy about that. And um, the one thing I have to say, interestingly enough, the difference between having a girl versus a boy is I definitely feel a difference in the hormones. How so? I feel like definitely more hormonal with a boy. I don't feel like, you know, with the skin, interestingly enough. I remember with my daughter, it was more facially, like the skin expanded differently. Hmm. And this one, because I'm always observing stuff with skin anyway. Sure, that's This one, it's just... I do. I don't feel as much of the skin changes. Really? Yeah. It's, People it's, say that, but you feel it. Yeah, I feel it. But I knew when and I was pregnant it. because the second that the elasticity in my skin changed, I was like, wait, there's something going on in my body. There's something that the body does when that, I think that when the relaxing hormones in the yeah, body. That's pretty quick. Yeah, it's like immediately like the body starts to just respond to it. And you can see like it's almost like more rubbery. And We see that on the chiropractic side because sometimes the symptoms will start like, how do I have sciatica? I'm only six weeks pregnant, but the hormones are already changing. The joints are already becoming lax, and you're losing stability in some areas. Blood flow that could go, maybe be compressed now, and other things like that. I'm like, but I'm just six weeks pregnant, but the change is already taking place. Yeah, that's so interesting. So this time you're planning. You have a head down boy. Head down boy. And you're planning on a hospital birth. I am. I mean, I to be honest, with you, I was going to do uh-huh. a. I was going to do a home birth with Alex again, but just because it is a VBAC. Um, Vaginal birth after cesarean. Vaginal birth after cesarean. I think I'm going to go for the hospital birth. You don't sound 100% convinced, though. Because I'm not. Okay. I'm not fully. I'm just, I'm honestly, I'm just going with the But Alex is going to be with you anyway. Alex is going to be with you And you're going to labor at home for a while anyway. I'm going to labor at home. I'm going to have Patty with me. So if like this, I mean, will you be set up so that if everything's going great and the baby just comes out, you keep it as a home birth? Yeah, like, oopsie. Oopsie. Baby came out home. Yeah, I mean, because they do VBACs at home. They're, yeah, I mean, they do. They'd be comfortable doing. But VBACs I, you at know, home. I do have a. The, the doctor is planning for me to be at the hospital. But you're you sound up in the air like let's labor at home and well, let's see what happens. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of doing. I mean, it could be that the first one you're planning to have at home and you had at the hospital. I just can't tell anyone that I'm planning. If like the thing about the if you're listening, close your ears. (laughs) Because all of my family and all of Richard, everyone just because they knew what happened the last time, they're like, "Uh." I'm just I honestly am in like the flow of whatever is going to be the most comfortable situation for me and then whoever's with me. Are you going to do Reiki while you're in labor? Yeah. 
I'll definitely do, do that. Do you do it on yourself or does somebody have to yeah, do it Yeah, no, you? you can do it for yourself. That's why I recommend everyone to go and do, do even like the Reiki. Do you have enough time to learn Reiki so I can do it for you? For you yes, we'll pass it over to you. I know that energy. I, I get it. It's coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people can do online courses for Reiki 1 yeah. and 2. And yeah, it's just a, it's a beautiful way to find healing within yourself. Yeah. So I definitely recommend people do that. But I, you can totally do it, do it during birth. I've done it for friends while they've been in labor. And it's just really, really helpful. Sounds cool. You know how Alex sometimes calls me to a birth when something's up? Like if uh, there's back spasms or the baby's rotated badly or back labor or anything like that, sometimes a midwife or a doula will call and say, even people I've never met before, hey, can you come in here and like help us out a little bit? This weekend I got called to a birth, very bizarre, at Cedar Sinai where I go all the time. And the reason it was bizarre is because I was a couple I'd never met before. The doula was calling me for the dad, not the mom. To something he had thrown his neck out in the middle of her labor. So I'm in there, he's sitting in a chair, and I'm digging into his like big spasm. He can't turn his neck, and I'm digging, and he's like, Argh! and then all of a sudden she's on the bed, and she's like, Argh! they were like having referred to Yeah, I was like, this other. is so sweet. You know, <laughs> what a date. But you naturally have all that those healing powers within your hands. You're just not calling it Reiki. Yeah, I'm not calling it Reiki. But I could call it Reiki. You oh, could. You no, can call it whatever you want to call it, but there's something coming through the energetic things from your hands. Oh, thank you. Mm hmm. Well, um, are you who? Who's on your team? Who's coming to your birth? So Patty Quintero. She's gonna be your doula. She's gonna this be my time, doula. Your labor doula. Yeah, and then Carmen Thomas. If she's in town, she'll also come join us. We just want to have a, basically a big party, a birth, a birth? party. Okay. Um, Carmen will be there at some point, and then Alex Evangeletti will be your monitress, I suppose. Yes. Midwife. Yes. With, uh, with monitoring privileges. Yes. Hopefully. Um, and then I'm also working with Dr. Gosland, who's would do, if in the worst case scenario, I need to do a C-section. Mm-hmm. He's who's going to do that because he's going to do the gentle cesarean. Oh, gentle cesarean. But, in, but he's also, I mean, according to the plan, if you go to the hospital to deliver he's, that, yeah, he's, he's totally he's open to. Doctor. Yeah, but he's does not go over the um, due date. Oh, really? Wait a second. This is news. Mm-hmm. I went and I asked all my, my questions. Okay, we'll have to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so hold on one second. At home, will your daughter be there? Yeah, she'll be there, and she's very excited. Have too. you talked to her about birth? Oh, every, all the time. She's, she's, she's obsessed with watching her birth video. Oh, she watches that video? She that, watches da, it da, da, all da, 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 the time. I have to, I'm have. i going to send it to you to watch tonight oh, yeah. so you can, you can get the visual of it all. I love it. And then um, Richard, I suppose, will be there Yes. for some of it, your husband. Yeah. And maybe, hopefully, you can come too. Filming. I'd love to be there. I can cook whatever you need. <laughs> I'm not sure. Richard will be asking for adjustments because you know it can't always be I know. just about me. He always I, has to have something. Every time I see you, next time I, I, I come over, I'm going to work on you and then I'm going to do some Botox with him. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I'll have an entire day of patience and I'll be exhausted. And he'll be like, baby, can you do a little bit of Reiki on me? I'm like, I have nothing left to give. <laughs> I can picture both of you doing that. <laughs> you made him sound like Austin Powers, though. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's kind of like him. A little bit. <laughs> um, and then, so you're open, like, it does however this goes, it goes. Yeah, I'm not attached to anything. I'm, o- I'm okay with whatever. As long as this baby comes out healthy and happy and sleeps well during the night, I'm going to be very happy. In your first birth when you were laboring at home, did you want to be touched or not want to be touched? Yeah. I was in and out of the bath. Carmen was massaging me. I don't know how she had these supernatural powers to stay awake and massage me for so long. 
Like that blows my mind. It's like, it's auto because I've I've been to Earth for twenty three hours and when I'm dueling I'm usually body working. Like dueling is I think the number one thing that everyone should have, because your spouse, also like it just puts like an energetic balance for the spouse too because no matter what they're going to be obviously nervous too, whoever's there kind of going with you and I think the doula just brings in such a nice balance to the couple. And then for the mom laboring, here's I mean, a little secret: huge. we have I'm a doula and my wife is a doula, and for all four of our kids, we hired a doula. Yeah, I think it's so. I mean, until I experienced, it, I was like, "Whoa, this is literally worth every single penny and a lot more." I think it's nice to have a birth party, even if you're not pregnant, just to get all those people that you just I mentioned. Just, in I there. just love all those people. Like, I want to, I want to pay them just to hang out with people. me. Absolutely, I can totally see that. <laughs> we should do that during a big birth party one yeah. day. Um, I hate it. We're out of time. I love talking to you, and I learned stuff from you, and I did not know anything about skincare 44 years, and I'm finally starting to learn. I should have washed my face as a kid. <laughs> oh, well. I feel like you look younger just from our talk, actually. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, couldn't, I, I feel the gray going away. Um, your business is Rejuvenate, mm-hmm. your company. Rejuvenate how, with Nusha. How do we find you online? So you can go to the website at rejuvenatewithnusha.com, or you can look at uh, Instagram at Rejuvenate with Nusha to find out more about the Reiki facials, about the different treatments that I offer injectable-wise in a more natural way, and yeah, and contact us and see if you're a good fit for any of the treatments. Yeah. I hope you'll come back afterwards and uh, we can talk about how this awesome birth party went down. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be fun. Thanks for being here at home. Thanks for listening. If you have uh, topics you want to hear about, you know how to get a hold of us. Info at informedpregnancy.com. Doctor, doctor, give me the news I got.